It's June 27th, 2020, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. This is Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Well, welcome back, everybody. As you have probably noticed over the last few podcasts, because we've talked about it, in, I won't say incessantly, but we've talked about it a bit. Um, Matthew and I have been able to finally wrangle our respective spouses into actually podcasting with us. So real quickly, I want both of you to say hi, James. Hello. And Faye. Hi. Okay, so there we are. Those are the other two odd voices that you're going to hear on this podcast. Well, not odd, but you know, different. Uh, <laughs> so in, anyway, we were wanting to get them onto the podcast to talk to them about what it what it's like, um, I guess, really living with an architect, because both of us, you know, our spouses, neither neither Faye nor James are architects. Faye's an accountant of some sort of type that I'm not sure I understand exactly what she's doing. And then James does, does he works for a HR consulting company and it's, it's something with numbers and, and kind of technical and I just go, okay, and not, not as best I can. Sounds like me. But, but we thought it'd be nice to give, give everyone sort of an inside look as to what our non-architect spouses put up with on a daily basis. And if you're an architect listening to this and you got a spouse, you know, you have a good idea. But for those who aren't architects, um, just, you know, what it's like and, and how being around an architect might impact them. Yeah, because behind every great architect, you know, there's a husband or wife that has to put up with them. And as we established last week in our manners episode, uh, they put up with quite a bit. You know, they, they fill the role of sounding board on all of our ideas, the good, the bad, and the ugly. They encourage us when, you know, we're down a little bit, when times are tough. And they can also be tough critics, whether their inputs in a project was asked for or not. Yeah, yeah, because James never does that, right? Oh, never. <laughs> I know. I, I know. Faye stands over my shoulder, looking at my AutoCAD from time to time, saying, "Why'd you do that?" Yeah. Well, well, James, um, my project that's under construction. James came in to look at the three D model. He's like, "Well, that looks really odd. Do you think we should, you know?" We're just going to take that out, and then ultimately, as it turns out, we did. So, he 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 had a pretty good eye about how how weird things were looking. So it kind of worked out well. But um, I think we're just going to just jump right into the questions. And I want to say thank you to Faye for for putting these together. I think I, knowing Matt and living with with Matthew, I can imagine is a bit of a challenge. Want want. Uh, <laughs> so these are probably questions you've been asking or wanting to ask for a while. So we're going to just jump right in. Um, and the first question we have here is, how has living with an architect made your life easier? And we're going to let James answer that one first, because I, I don't know that it's made his life any easier. Yeah, that is your question is based on an assumption that it has made life easier. Um, <laughs> no, no. In a lot of ways, it has. Um, you know, so you know the the most obvious answer to that is when we reno renovated our house, Larry drew up all the plans and made a ton of decisions that I didn't even have to think about, which was awesome. So, so I think, you know, there's a lot of things that <clears throat> normally he would have to ask homeowners and, uh, um, you know, and clients, you know, what, what kind of windows do you want? What kind of doors do you want? What kind of door knobs do you want? Things like that, that 
that you know he wants he has to ask clients because he doesn't know them as well. But when we redid our house, a lot of those things he he was able to just take care of because he knows me so well, and so that made the actual process of renovating our house much easier. That's one one of the main things. The other thing I will tell you is that um, he has a lot of contacts. So when something at the house needs to be fixed, he knows exactly who we need to call to get him to get them to come out and fix it. So that's also very handy. That's that is a good point. I guess I'll turn that question to Faye. How has living with an architect made your life easier, Faye? <laughs> Well, we haven't done the uh, much in the house renovation portion to speak to that, but I'm looking forward to that benefit down down the road at some point. We, um, as far as things that we've done together, we've taken a lot of trips, and having him with knowledge of a lot of different sites that we want to see on those trips has been really helpful because I have my personal tour guide wherever we are. So for example, in our trip to, to Spain, when we were going through Barcelona, um, I didn't even need a tour guide there because Matthew just knew all the history behind all of Gaudi's works. And we went into the Sagrada Familia or Park Güell or any of the monuments around there. He would just give me the entire history of each one of them. It was just wonderful. Um, and no headsets required or anything. Just Matthew's saying things that he just knows for years and was fairly entertaining for myself um and then not just them but also because he went to architecture school all of the friends that we hang around with from his circle are also in architecture so anytime we go out anywhere um they also have a lot of things to add to whatever it is that we're seeing so when we went to for my birthday we went to um the um kimball art museum and one of uh, his friends went with us and it was actually more informative to hear him talk about the art and display there than the the tour guide that was actually at the Kimball. Yeah, it was a it was a it was the Louis Kahn's life work exhibit um, that they displayed at the Kimball a couple of years ago, and we we decided to take one of my friends, Jack, and as Jack was taking us through the exhibits, he was a, a little bit of background about him. He was actually the TA to the architecture history professor. So he knew absolutely everything about all of the stuff that was being displayed. And so like we, we passed by this giant model of the Bangladesh National Parliament that Khan did in the, the that started in the late 60s and into the 70s and 80s. Um, you know, he was able to say, oh, yeah, you know, the the during the Bangladesh Independence War, you know, the 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 pilots flying over the area mistook the the parliament building as a ruin and decided not to bomb it which which was always louis Kahn's intent you know every building would what would it look like as a ruin and so he was able to provide that little bit of background in there <laughs> yep those, those that kind of a little bit of history that they wouldn't necessarily have displayed at the at the museum they were able to just fill us in so that was really interesting to hear their knowledge of the subject um but then the, i guess the last thing that i wanted to say it's not necessarily just in the being married to an architect but it's the architecture husband and accountant wife kind of combo um works really well together we you know quite a few couples that have that composition and works out because matthew is very much into big picture he knows what we want to be one day you know what kind of house we want to be in or what we want to do as far in the future like places we want to go but as far as the concrete details to getting there 
is not necessarily a strong suit, but that's where my type A personality comes in to kind of fill in the gaps to get us there. So for example, when we went to um, Italy about a couple of years ago, we were able to hit up all the sites that we wanted to see. You know, Matthew told me the locations, you know, we want to hit up Rome and Vatican, we go to Naples and Mount Vesuvius and Pompeii, Amalfi Coast, um, Pisa, Florence and Cinque Terre and, all, and Venice and all these locations that we wanted to hit up. And, and we only had about two weeks round trip. And I was five months pregnant with twins at that point. So we were able to hit up all those points with <laughs> the 40 extra pounds I was carrying at the, at the time. Uh, but it took a lot of logistics to get <laughs> everywhere. So I had almost everything planned to the hour to get it all worked out to where we could see everything. Um, and, and we did, and it was a really fun trip and really relaxing trip, even though we got to see so many different things, um, at a, at a pace that we could both keep up with. So that, that combo of, he gives us a big idea and I make it work logistically works really well. Yeah. Well, well, so I'm exhausted just listening to that trip. Um, <laughs> It was it was it was fairly tiring, but it was really worth it. The the two of them, I think we kind of pushed ourselves were when we were going up Mount Vesuvius, and it was a very steep climb, and I didn't realize that when we signed up for it. Um, but it was definitely worth it. Well, that's good. Yeah, I, I I think there is something to be said about the the architect and accountant kind of combination because James is very much a numbers person, and so. It's easy for me. I think architects, you know, we, we do good good with the creative part, but not so good with maybe everything else. Uh, <laughs> I hate to put it that way because we're supposed to be so good at math. But I, th I think having that combination certainly helps. And I don't know if James feels the same way. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's it, it is true. I mean, Larry's not great with numbers. I <clears throat> he'll he'll actually be the first to admit that. Um, but he's he's probably better than he thinks he is. Um, but yeah, it's true. I, I do think that being good with financials, um, with project planning, um, project management, um, I think those are all things that you know we complement each other very well with. Because I'm I'm much less art, the artistic uh, person and and more of the regimented uh, accounting kind. <laughs> <laughs> That, that seems to be a good combo. I was actually wondering if that personality that we're touching on, you know, the accountants seem to be more of the type A, very detail oriented, very much like uh, punctual and wanting to have a schedule and stick to the schedule and all that. Is that something that I guess, Larry, I'll ask you that. Is that something that the is there that same equivalent persona for the architects that the architects are more of big picture, less on less detail oriented, but more big picture and visionary kind of personality. Is that something that you see across um, architects or is that just Matthew? <laughs> yeah, Faye, I, I don't know that, that it's, it's every architect is sort of the big picture people because I think we have to see the details as well. Uh, it may be more that that's just Matthew's own personality and that's just how it's sort of manifesting itself. Um, because so so case in point, if, if you ever had met, I don't know if you ever met my old business partner, Holly, Holly was type A to the core. I mean, we are talking wound tighter than a whatever, but she could see everything. She could see the big picture and she knew everything that she needed to do to get down to the nitty gritty of things. The biggest project we ever had in the office 
the um, $10.5 million edition that we did, she did almost every single document for that, for that job herself. And we're talking 8,000 square feet edition, not to mention all the con- construction administration, coordinating all the structural drawings, all of that she did on her own. So she could see the big picture, but she also knew all the details that had to happen to, to make things happen. So, so some of what you're describing may be more just Matthew's personality, and no offense to Matthew, because I think you're an absolute delight, but that may just be more Matthew. Yeah, I think I think I think her primary complaints were that yeah I, I think and I think being an architect or as I think one of her primary complaints was that I, I waited till the very last possible minute to do my tests because you know we, as we were about to have twins you know I had a I had a nine month kind of artificial deadline not artificial but I had a nine month deadline before we. I should have probably finished my tests and I waited and studied and waited and pushed it off a little bit, maybe a little too much. And then it came time for uh, me to take my tests and I just kind of wasn't ready for it. And then the twins were born in, in December and I was planning on taking my test in December or I was, I was, what I had intended was, for them to be born in January, and I would have my take my last test in December, mm-hmm. and they ended up pushing my last test off another six months because I kind of waited a little bit too much. Yeah, they decided they didn't want to wait until January, so we uh, <laughs> the idea of test in December, babies in January didn't quite work out <laughs> as Matthew intended. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think with the babies, it just comes down to they're going to show up when they show up, and and you know you just gotta hope for the best. Well, so. So the next question, and I'm going to ask James about this first because we have been uh, we've been together. It'll be 25 years in November. So he's known me at school when I was doing architecture, and you know, here doing architecture. So 22 years of doing architecture, 23 years of doing architecture. So the, this question is: I'll start with James on this. Is how has living with an architect made your life more difficult? And be nice. <laughs> so. I, I, honestly, I don't think it's really made life more difficult. I think it's made life different. Um, and 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 so, for example, uh, this morning, Larry and I went out to one of, to a construction site for one of the, the houses that he designed and that they're started. They've started to build. Um, well, you know, I would ne- wouldn't would never have thought that I would have spent two hours on a Saturday morning out at a construction site looking at framing um before <laughs> um and to be fair i probably got bored after the first 20 minutes and spent the rest of the time playing with the dogs but that's okay so again it's it's not that it's it's not that it's made life more difficult it's just different from what what i was thinking you know um and so you know a lot of what they was saying before about like when we go on vacation if we you know we go to new orleans and we we you know we walk around the city for for the a morning and we're looking at buildings and and Larry's reading all the signage on the sides of the building. So I spend more time learning about the buildings than I ever thought I would have before. Um, but again, it's not difficult. It's just different. So I think I think Larry looks at things from a, a more artistic perspective and a, and a, and and also from the perspective of how is this put together um, <laughs> at times. Um, and so it's just a different perspective. I don't think it's really 
<clears throat> really different. I'm sorry, I don't think it's really difficult. It's just different. Does that make sense? Well, <laughs> I have a little bit of a stronger opinion about that. <laughs> I have a list for this <laughs> this question. Um, I, I think I completely agree with the spending more time doing things that you never thought that you would do, like hours in construction site or looking at the details of a particular building. Um, but then sometimes the, the those particular things that nobody ever thought to look at, but then Matthew does look at, and they become issues all of a sudden. So for example, whenever we were choosing wedding venues, we one you know all of that we both wanted was something that felt really um nice and that you could feel like you're outside even though it would be an indoor location so something with a lot of natural light um something with hopefully trees around or that would give us that outside feel but then not have to worry about the uncertainty of the weather so of course matthew's first thought was well for that let's go to eureka springs and let's go to thorn crown chapel because obviously that's the place where you'd go as an architect <laughs> to get married if you're looking for that kind of feel but neither of us has any family family in arkansas um all of my family's in texas and brazil and then his family's in texas um and missouri. And, missouri and kansas so there's nobody in arkansas we'd be making every single person travel for that destination wedding um and specifically for the chapel so we didn't want to go through that but that was a place she didn't <laughs> i was okay with it matthew was very very set on that is the location we needed to get married um even though there were so many cons i was just using it as the standard because in terms of price and in terms of uh I, ideal place like that i was using that as the go by and if she found any place else that was would could match that's then we would we would consider that yeah so good luck for me finding a place like thorn crown within dfw to to make it a match to where matthew was okay not going all the way to arkansas um, so then we looked at the first place we looked at was ashton gardens and we'd had friends that had gotten married there and i thought it was a beautiful location with a lot of natural light and matthew immediately eliminated that option because of the one column that was at the altar that made it to where the couple was that the, the view that you had behind the couple was the column and not the window so it was a set of four no, it was three columns the problem was that there were three <laughs> columns not four columns because if you divide the space up into four columns you have an odd number of windows which puts the couple at the center of one of the windows <laughs> and because that's not how it was immediately that side, that location was unacceptable and we couldn't consider it even though i bet you that anybody who ask about ashton gardens has never noticed how many columns there are in that site <laughs> even if you're at the chapel nobody will be able to tell you how many columns there are as you specifically ask them and they go and count them it ruins the pictures it really does <laughs> oh no no i i, I under, understand faye there were other architects coming to this wedding we would have noticed <laughs> <laughs> Of course, I guess I didn't consider that a factor. <laughs> um, 
so then we were so then here i am trying to find another venue that also get within tfw that is within our price range and in the dates that we want and within the budget and that get the same feel so we ended up going to um uh, to aubrey and a place called harmony chapel that had an odd number of windows and therefore an even number of columns and we were okay with that site <laughs> so so that that is a that is an instance in which i never thought that the deciding factor of where we would get married was going to be the number of columns in the chapel but here we are <laughs> um, well, well well people have had harder times with probably less but yeah i i think i think being married to an architect would make that that especially challenging. I, I, you know, honestly, the place you guys got married was beautiful. Um, and I didn't notice any columns in the way or anything. So it all worked out pretty well. All right, guys. So, so next question, because I, I think as architects, we wait, tend wait. to, what? You, Faye had a whole list. She only got through like the one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's go back to uh, the building the house part because, because yeah. Um, because you guys, you guys are just in the planning stages, right? I mean, like y'all haven't actually had to do this yet. No, we're definitely in the we're definitely in the planning stages to it, and and we do have, and we have had some fairly, I guess, unique arguments in that respect. I'll let Faye take over from here. Well, we have a lot of similar ideas as to what we want and the style that we want, and you know how we want things to be laid out but then there are certain things that i never questioned as to whether they would be in a house or not that all of a sudden when you're married to an architect those become optional like um we matthew was set on having a detached garage because that is what makes most sense from a thermal <laughs> perspective that you're not losing as much heat or, or as much uh, ac from having the house touching the garage but from a practical standpoint, I don't want to go through the three feet that it would take me to go from a detached garage in his designs to inside the house. And so that is uh, one that I would say, you know, if I get any builder house, they're going to come with an attached garage. Why is it that I'm married to an architect and I can't have my attached garage? To be fair, there was a lot more consideration than just thermal. There was the fact that the code is specifically written to encourage detached garages. It, it allows you to use more of your site, so you get more bang for your buck. Then there is the thermal, like she said. And what else? There's another one. I don't know, but my need to bring grocery in without getting wet trumps all of that. <laughs> so, so that was one that I never considered. I have to fight for a attached garage, and here we were. Or like a front door. Remember when you made the front door disappear? Yeah, that, that was a fun argument because you wanted to hide the front door, like put it off to a corner where nobody would ever be able to find it because it looks prettier from the front. I'm like, no, no, no. I want a front entrance to be in the front of the house. And I never thought I had to fight for my front entrance to be in the front of the house. It was, and again, let me clarify. <laughs> <laughs> the front door was not hidden. It's just I had an entry courtyard that then led to the front door, which was off to one side of the entry courtyard. It was going to be a beautiful front entry courtyard. It's just she didn't want people to have to go through the entry courtyard and then go looking for the front door after the fact. Well, I, I, th I think having that, you know, it depends on how much you like your family um, as to whether or not you want them to be able to find their way into the house. <laughs> Yeah. And the mailman and any kind of delivery package. 
Well, you know, so, so, sometimes we well, okay. So, in all fairness, Matthew and I are both very introverted, so we wouldn't have any problem with that at all. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> or what about the time that you decided that we didn't need to use toilet paper anymore? You're just going to put a bidet in the bathroom, and we're just going to do bidet and toilet as opposed to using toilet paper from that point on. <laughs> Remember that fight? <laughs> it was more of a suggestion, and it was. Uh, I'd, I'd rather not get into poop on this podcast. I, I, no, I, I want to see Matthew with like two two-year-olds and and no and and just a bidet. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I I think I think if it's that bad, you you don't even think about the bidet. You just get them in the shower with you and just hose them down. I mean, I don't know what else you would do. In which case, you're doing the exact same thing a bidet would be doing, which is getting yourself with, wet with water. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, and, and I think, you know, so when James and I were, were reworking our house, I don't know we had a ton of fights about, about you know, what we were doing. But I know we reached a point where it was like, Larry, you have to finish the drawings. Yeah, it, it, we did reach a point where I was like, Larry, you've you just got to get it. We, we've got to finish. But I think... Uh, we, we were we our our situation was a little different because I got I was moved to London for five months while you were designing the plans, and so that kind of put a lot of things on hold, um, and yet also kind of gave you a little bit more time to play around with it, and um, may have given you too much time maybe to play around with it. Maybe you... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't here, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I should have had much less time and and. Definitely a, a time, uh, um, a drop dead date. But, but yeah, yeah, having you gone was was a bit of a challenge. But but we still managed to get it done. But yeah, I, I think that's that's probably probably for every every architect spouse out there. That's probably one of the biggest challenges is that your house is never done. I worked with a guy who had had ripped up all the carpet in the house because they were going to redo the floors. I think they were just going to grind them down and and seal them because just a slab. Um, foundation and then his wife got pregnant and she told him we have been in this house for two years without any floors and there are children coming you sir are going to put something down so i don't have to look at the concrete anymore and that pretty much got things done so so yeah um you know it's it's nice to live with an architect but you know challenging well it's i mean it's it's got its ups and downs i mean the, the trick is just prioritizing because you're you're right I, I mean it is it is true i mean living with an architect your house is never finished so it's a matter of okay prioritizing what to do next and then you know as as larry and matthew's visions grow and grow and continue to grow it becomes it becomes harder and harder to ground you <laughs> at times um, but being the uh the numerical side of uh, of the relationship it's it, it it gets to a point to very to be very easy to say no you can't afford that <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 weird to have to tell your clients one thing to have to tell your clients no it's another another weird thing to have to tell your spouse no um but you know you learn how to do it so i think this is probably a good place for us to go ahead and take a break and in this first part of the podcast Thank you, everyone, for listening, and be sure to tune in next week when we finish up the Spouses Speak podcast. So for now, 
just want to say thank you and um, bye, everybody.